Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis Podcast Show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis, and before we begin today's incredible show, I want to share an upcoming program I am launching in mid-March, which could be exactly what you're looking for to take your life in every way to a completely new level. You see, over the last year, I have received more requests for personal coaching in the areas of creating optimal health experiencing transformational breakthroughs, and reaching one's highest potential in life than ever before. The coaching work I have done over this last year has been exceptionally powerful, and the results my clients have received has truly and profoundly blown me away, to say the least. As I have deepened my work with my one-on-one clients, I realized there was a major limit to the amount of highly dedicated individuals I could serve and support through this work. Because of this, I decided to create a highly specialized group coaching model that would foster an exclusive, highly supportive, and co-creative environment that helps each person reach their ultimate goals in life and highest expression of vibrant health. This is an eight-week experience called the Breakthrough Transformation Program, and it's designed to ensure each participant receives all of the support, information, and practical tools necessary to reach a place in their holistic life they never knew was possible. I will be personally taking a group of 20 people every week through a deep learning curve into the unexplored potential and helping them to accelerate the integrative process of self-mastery. This program will focus on specific areas such as creating invincible health strategies, cutting-edge nutrition strategies, emotional and mental mastery, overriding poverty consciousness with prosperity consciousness, accelerating learning modalities, becoming a truly empowered leader, and building a successful coaching slash service-based business, and trust me when I say so, so much more than that. This program also will include a three-day live event, which is going to be following the online coaching program and an opportunity to join me for a private Hawaii immersion experience. This program officially begins March 15th and will only be open to the first 20 people who register. So in order to discover if this one-of-a-kind coaching opportunity is the correct fit for you and your goals, please shoot me a quick message at Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, at HolisticHealthMastery.com. 
Again, that's Ronnie at HolisticHealthMastery.com. I'll respond back to you, um, and then we will carry the conversation on from there. Okay, let's dive into today's show. And today's show features my dear friend and colleague, Matthew Cook. And Matthew Cook is something of a neuroscience movement specialist. In fact, that's what I call him, and I think that's what he likes to be called. He has a very special focus on the science of our neurology, our nervous system, how our our brain chemistry is being affected by our movement patterns and by our lifestyle patterns and ways that we can optimize our operating system um, for peak efficiency. And and one of the things that he really focuses on is helping entrepreneurs de-stress their whole life and really go from a hyper-stressed out state because that's really what most entrepreneurs really deal with is they they just normalize, we normalize to heightened states of stress and anxiety and we just call that normal. But really underneath the normality of stress is fear it's it's anxiousness it's it's a distrust for the uncertainty of what life is going to reveal to us and sometimes we use stress as a way from hiding what's underneath the surface and i love matthew's approach i love his personality i love the way that he lovingly and compassionately shares his information and really takes people through an experience of what it's like to embody more of a state of grace and a state of relaxed productivity, relaxed efficiency, and really taking people deep into like really optimizing the the patterns and modalities that they go about with their life, you know, rearranging our lifestyle strategies so we can essentially get more out of our day and really get more out of our life. So definitely get ready for this conversation. It goes in many different directions and I think it will keep you entertained and highly informed to take your life to the next level. So enjoy this interview with me and Matthew Cook. Matthew Cook helps burnt out tech entrepreneurs streamline their bodies and relationships to match their business. He calls himself a high-performance coach and neuroscience-based movement teacher. He uses coaching and movement to unleash high performance. His coaching methodology uses a type of brainstorming he calls body storming. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Ronnie. I'm so excited, man. Oh, my pleasure. I've been waiting to do this with you for some time, <laughs> and uh, I have the pleasure of sitting here face-to-face with you, so I know we're going to have an amazing conversation, and everyone listening to this is is going to get so much out of this. Yeah, I'm so excited. So excited to just dive in and be here in beautiful Cardiff, California together. Yeah, so. it's amazing here. Yeah. It's amazing. For everyone listening, I am in Cardiff, which is right next to Encinitas, North San Diego, sitting here with Matthew. And uh, I've actually taken a number of your yoga classes, as you're yeah. obviously aware of. And you have a really unique approach. I've taken a lot of yoga out there, and I've been impressed and not so impressed by different different um, 
modalities and teaching styles and environments. And yours is really unique, I have to say. Um, We'll talk a little more about that in your methodology and and why you kind of facilitate a unique space in your your teaching environment. But I just wanted to relay that to you. Yeah, thank you so much, Ronnie. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's been been a blast coming up with it, so... Yeah, so you know what, on that note, um, how did you get started with with yoga, with your specific form of, I guess, like body movement training? Yeah. What, what inspired you to get started with that? Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, so, wow, I love that question. Yeah, so at 17, I was a, I was a jock. I played baseball and first baseman, like power, cleanup hitter, all those things. And, um, I noticed at like 17 that when I bent forward, I couldn't even touch my shins. (laughs) And so like at 17, having this lack of mobility, um, I could tell like from a very young age that there was a very strong correlation between my body and my psychology, Mm -hmm. like my, my connection between my body and my mind. And one of the things that I even tell my clients is as we create spaciousness in our bodies, we create spaciousness in our minds. And so, um, that was a really big key in for me is like, I'm so tight in my body. I know I'm super tight in my mind. Mm. Um, And so just in terms of, yeah, being 17, it was like such a huge wake up, such a huge epiphany of like, I need to do something about this. And, um, I'm actually so ashamed to admit this out loud, but also, also I'm so grateful. Um, if you're familiar with, uh, Tony Horton's P90X. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So that was literally how I got my start. If anyone's familiar, um, it's sort of a at home fitness thing. and, And he had a yoga section that he did. And, uh, and that was like how I got started on my yoga path was, was doing this like at home fitness thing. And everyone has, they're like, in for, for these, uh, modalities. And, um, over the next couple of years I started doing trainings. So I went and got my 200 hour at Kripalu, which is one of the most incredible, um, feminine practices, uh, on the planet. I mean, just hands down and, and feminine in the sense that it's a very feeling yoga practice. Mm-hmm. It's very embodied. It's very flowing. Um, and it's, uh, it's just incredibly um, open and expansive, and there's a lot of questioning. There's a lot of self-inquiry in the practice. Um, so then from there, I know I'm throwing a lot of you here. And then, great. and then from from there, I went and I got my 500 hour at um, in Los Angeles with a gentleman named uh, Noah Maze, who's mm-hmm. amazing. He's one of the very first Anusara teachers. And so and so with this Anusara and Iyengar, which is a lot more masculine, mm-hmm. alignment based, like very strict about your alignment. It gave me these two beautiful uh, launching pads for a very feminine practice and a very masculine. Um, strong practice as well and combining the two um, to to create uh, a methodology um, I, sh- I should also say too I did my bachelor's in science in health promotion and wellness with an emphasis in life coaching mm. so I had life coaching over here and I had um, the the movement practice over here and so it was like how can I give people an experience on the yoga mat where it's transformational like where it's not just we're, Hey, we're just moving our bodies and flailing around for an hour and a half. Like Mm -hmm. how can we transform and actually take a journey, um, inside of ourselves for 60, 60 to 75 minutes. Okay. 
Yeah. Interesting. So one of the things that comes up with yoga is that there's, I guess there's kind of different interpretations if somebody is not familiar with the different styles of yoga and understanding that there's a yin and yang, mm. a masculine and feminine dynamic with different styles, different instructors. Yeah. Um, can we can we touch on that just a second so people understand that if someone thinks that yoga is just about maybe more the rigid right. side of it or it's just about maybe more the yin right. kind of feminine side? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so there's so there's um, the more common aspect, especially in like Western yoga, is the workout type of yoga, as I like to call it, or a lot of people call it, which is is the yang side of the practice. It's a very heated practice. It's a very heavy breathing practice. It's a very strong uh, breath control practice. We call it in yoga, we call it pranayama, which yeah. is breath control or breath uh, restriction even and so to to um to in a sense uh mold or shape the body and the breath in a very um again that's like a very masculine attribute which is to sort of like build into structure in a certain Mm. way um and to and to create in that sense it's a creation it's a divine creation practice um and I'm trying to get even out of the woo-woo there. And, like, it's it's a very, so that's like it's a very muscular, strong you know, practice. That, what I'm getting is, like, it's very focused on the structural integrity of the body. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So it's a very strong alignment-based practice. And it's about keeping your body safe, too. Yeah. So, like, as you have integrity in your joints and in your muscles, you're also, again, making that connection to the brain. There's creates a certain sense of accountability and a certain sense of integrity that we also then create in our lives mm-hmm. and our, the characteristics that we live out. So super powerful, super important practice. So that's the yang side. And then you have the yin side, which is a very, um, and that's actually a style. So for those of you who are familiar with yoga, but don't know as much about restorative or a yin practice, both of those are separate practices, but they're a very feminine practice mm. in that it's a uh, very soft, it's a very soft practice. And it's all about passively allowing and surrendering to um, not only the fluctuations of the mind, as we would call it, but also um, allowing the muscles to really slowly and passively open up in their own time. Mm-hmm. So um, it's sort of this idea that like we can really allow um, – yeah, just allow the body to open up in its own time using gravity, using Mother Nature to allow us to sort of come back to ourselves. Mm. So I think that that really beautifully, hopefully, describes the yeah. masculine and the feminine side. Yeah. I like that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, cool. So from there, I'm really curious. Um, I'd love for you to share what ignited your passion to work with burnt out entrepreneurs, as you say, right? (laughs) That's something I'm really interested in. Yeah. Um, You know, were you burning the candle at both ends at one point? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so good. So, so there's a couple things here. So I found this practice. So I also am like incredibly interested in neuroscience and really like how the brain functions um, while we're on the yoga mat and how creativity springs forth and all these things. And so I was working, uh, I worked for two startups, actually three startups now, um, in the tech industry. So, so, so very quickly you find when you're working in a startup entrepreneurial spirit environment, 
Um, it's very fast paced. It's very like, um, it can be even sort of jarring to the system because it's like you're quickly shifting and moving as a company, um, with the market to try to get your product out there and make it a viable product very quickly. There's also very few people on board typically in those smaller companies. So you're working to try to fill every single role in the company all at the same time with everyone. So yeah, so that's probably the best way to say it is that like I actually went through that experience of working hundred hour work weeks and um, at a desk, super crunched, hunched over, and trying to honestly trying to come up with solutions when, like you said, burning the candle at both ends. Like I just I didn't have anything in the tank. Like I didn't have anything in my self love bucket to mm-hmm. actually be able to come up with creative solutions. And so the way I went about doing it was <clears throat> my body so intelligent every single month I would literally get sick for three or four days. Mm. Like, and it was so obvious because it would, it wasn't that I was like, um, you know, like it wasn't like physical cold symptoms or it was just like, literally I was flat out on my back for like three days. Like I just had nothing in the tank. I couldn't give anything. I was a little dizzy and a little nauseous. It was just super weird because it was never, again, it was never like I could never pinpoint it to, Oh, my food's off or Oh my whatever's off. It was that I was literally so burnt out. And a lot of people have these symptoms, even if you're not a tech entrepreneur, but an entrepreneur of any type, um, can have these types of symptoms. And so for me, it was so important to find a practice where I could come back to myself. Mm -hmm. And so I had this, this yoga practice, um, that was nice and it was good. But what I found is that I also had some of my best ideas on the yoga mat. And I was so confused and also very curious about why do we have our best ideas? Like when we're in the shower, when we're taking walks on the beach, when we're like on the toilet, like it's just in the weirdest places and on the yoga mat coincidentally. And so I started to notice, well, I seem to be the most on when I'm uh, at work, when I'm also consistent in my yoga practice. And so I began to look at what are all the, like looking at the latest neuroscience research, looking at the latest, um, uh, yeah, like science research around, um, creativity as well. And then looking at, um, what have all the ancient yoga, yogis, sages, meditators, monks, like even surfers, like what were they all doing? Um, that I hadn't quite like cracked the code on. And, um, what I basically, yeah, what I basically came to, I think this is so much value, hopefully to everyone listening is, is I came to the brainwave states mm-hmm. and that, um, and there's actually a really famous quote that Albert Einstein says, which is, is something to the effect of, um, no problem can be essentially remedied from the same level of consciousness from which it was created. Right. And so the way I take that is he meant that on a very literal level is that when I'm in a very beta is what that's called Mm -hmm. the beta brainwave length, which is when we're in most wakeful states, like is our brains going, it's buzzing. It's like, what's the next thing I got to do where, you know, I have to go get the kids. I got to go take the groceries. I got to do this thing. I got to feed the dog. And it's just like, we're constantly going. And that's also when we're in work mode. And so what I figured out is that I could access this brainwave state, which is called alpha, which is the next lowest down. And then there's uh, theta. Lowest meaning less activity. Less, uh, less brain activity. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So there's alpha. And then from there we go down to theta, 
And then eventually as we're like in deep, deep sleep and some of some meditators who have been doing it for like 40 years can get down to, can get down to Delta, which is like deep, deep sleep. Um, and some of these ancient, uh, some of these yogis and meditators can do it while they're still awake, which is just crazy. Um, but so, so my goal was how deep can I get in my psyche and also how deep can I get in my body um, to be able to access some of this wisdom and this is what I know we'll start to come to later as well, that, that is already innately inside of me. Yes. So. Okay. Interesting. What just came up for me? Well, A, essentially what you're talking about is tapping into the flow state. And this yes. is something I talk about. I've talked about a lot in my work of merging kind of my focuses of spiritual concepts and, and subtle pseudo spiritual ideas and 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 essentially the the nature of synchronicity and serendipity mm. with natural nutrition and biochemistry Amazing. and neurochemistry and in bringing those two things together yes you know kind of evolving the personal development and health conversations and bringing them more coherently into like the next stage of evolution which i think we're we're moving into which a lot of it you know is is how do we t- tap into hypersynchronicity? How do we tap mm. into more grace and flow oh. in our life where we're not having to burn the candle at both ends just to get somewhere, right? Yeah. It's, it's more tuning into what you said. I, I like to liken it to the example of your body. Your, your frame is like the hardware, mm. and then there's software, there's programming and conditioning, oh, which so is the good. software that is malleable and programmable mm-hmm. and reprogrammable and deprogrammable. Yeah. Um, and so that, so it's really fascinating to hear you explain it in this way. It's kind of what comes up for me is, is through movement practices, one very important modality, we can exorcise um, software programming in the form of emotions yes. and trauma that have been imprinted yes. onto the software that kind of gets stuck. Yes. You know, like I focus a lot on detoxification and, and we know in the literature and just in my own experience seeing people when they, when they remove, let's say a hard matter that's been cemented in their body for years there's an emotional dislodging there's an emotional release that comes along with it and so i feel like it's it's very much the same thing with the movement if your body is contracted and 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 stuck like a cage yes then you know there's all kinds of trauma that's built up there yeah oh i love that oh and you're bringing up so much for me too ronnie yeah i love that idea and and yeah i mean that in yoga we there's actually a term there's a 5000 year old term for that called samskaras mm. i don't know if you're familiar with that which is which is essentially like body trauma so so yes yeah so there's there's so much to this that we could get into and i, I love i literally love this i feel like we could talk for days about this and one of the things that gets me so excited is that if you can imagine if you can close your eyes and imagine when you're 5 years old and there's this moment where your mother or father walks in and starts screaming at you or berating you. And there's this moment where your muscles like literally tense in such a way and your shoulders shrug up and, and it literally over time, 
begins to, your body begins to mold around that shape. And you are chronically in this held neuromuscular position. And so you totally nailed it on the head, Ronnie. Like that works in nutrition and that you detoxify all the holding patterns um, from a, from a um, internal standpoint, but then also movement. I love the use the hardware versus software analogy is that as we access the hardware on the surface, we can also access the software on the inside. Um, that is such a beautiful it, This analogy. is so amazing that you just, you, you literally are speaking my exact language in so many terms you just said um i uh there there's what what you just said i have to i have to kind of spotlight it for a moment i've been this is the synchronicity factor is kicking in right now and that resonance (laughs) is that i've actually been working with a lot of clients that as a transformation coach and using nutrition Mm. and my knowledge in nutrition to simply dial in what's actually going on with them underneath the surface from the emotional reservoir and the psychological side of things and using, using nutrition to dial in the chemistry so they can actually be able to meditate better. Um, and so anyways, I think it's such an important idea to understand that, you know, the example you just made of someone when they're like five years old, and they might go to their mom or dad for attention and maybe their mom or dad is stressed out, they had a bad day at work, whatever, and they snap on the child. And in that moment, there is a crystallization of a trauma point that gets imprinted into the physical tissue of that child that carries on with them. And and, And so I find it really interesting that our emotions can be relived throughout the trajectory of our life as if we were they're non-local yeah right the non-locality of emotion and thought they're units of energy but you can be experiencing a trauma that you got when you were five as if you were experiencing it now yeah and it creates that contraction so i really love um i think this is going to lead me into one of the things i wanted to ask you about body storming yeah and i'm pretty sure this is what we're talking about right yeah yeah absolutely so so that's great and 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 I want to touch on, or I want to just touch on something before I dive into that, which is, to your point, there's uh, there's actually been some research. Are you familiar with Marcy Shimoff? I don't yes. know. And and her work, she she did. Um, there's been so much research done around um, our thought patterns and our and our. And it's literally, it's like it's on a loop. I, I actually call them recycled emotions yeah. because because literally she says that 95% of our thoughts are the same thoughts that we had yesterday. 95%, Ronnie. That's like crazy to me. It's like literally 5%. So if you think about all those moments that you do have of insight, it's that like 3 to 5%. And, and, and usually think about it. It's even less than that usually. It's like when you have a new thought every day. It's like that's that like those rarely occur or if they do they only occur one or two times during the day um otherwise which also it keeps us safe because it keeps us like you know not having to think about breathing and not having to think about you know like where i'm putting my foot next it's like those things are on autopilot so we don't have to think about it there's also subtler aspects of our belief systems and things that again get lodged in from a very young age um that you're in my work do really complementarily it sounds like is to sort of start to look at and that's what body storming is is to begin to, instead of brainstorming for new ideas or to look at old ideas, we're body storming for those ideas. So 
One of the things I always love to tell my clients is that the, the layers of the human being and the layers of our experience, the only, so let's just break it down. Like the unconscious does not lie. Like our unconscious does not lie. Our bodies do not lie. Our emotions do not lie. This is so then then check this out though. Our thinking, there can be some untruth there. And mm-hmm. our actions, there can be some or I should say, uh our thinking and our um and our talking, there can be some lies there. Our actions do not lie. They end up lining up with our unconscious and our results as a as a result of that also do not lie. So the only places that we can really like lie or not really be fully honest with ourselves is in our thinking and in the way that we speak. But our actions and our unconscious and our emotions and our bodies and our results never ever lie in the sense that they're always going to be congruent with the patterns that we've been running. Mm-hmm. And so um, and so the, the really the work here for me is that the body is always going to be an imprint as you were talking about, of our um, emotional life, our unconscious life. And so I always love to have a conversation of like, if if your chest had the mic right now, like what would your chest be telling me? And like, and for people to go through simple movement, and I call it active daydreaming, uh, simple movement, active daydreaming, and externalizing their thoughts on paper. So what we do is we take them through a process of doing, again, really simple movement. I, I, it's not even a super rigorous yoga practice. It can be somebody who's never done yoga in their lives to active daydreaming. So they get into this sort of um, uh, almost like childlike wonder about their body. And, and you need, you know, you see you being in my yoga classes, you know what that's like of being able to be just really self inquiring of what's happening right now. Like what's my experience in this moment. And then again, then I'll ask some probing questions at times to allow those, uh, those moments of insight to pop into awareness for me to then move that, um, to paper so that it's then this is, this is the really ninja can I swear on this podcast? Yes. This is a really ninja shit right here. It's like, <laughs> is then you take it from the consciousness onto paper. So it's in a really safe place. So you can return back to your experience. Mm. Cause a lot of times, you know, teachers, I think, you know, there's like this yoga uh, concept that's like, Oh, um, just let your thoughts pass like clouds. And like, <laughs> you know, and like, and, uh-huh. and you'll come back to them, which is like, for me, I'm like, hell no. Like that shit is mm. golden. Like you want to mine that stuff. Like that stuff that comes up, you know, in the moment, like that's the stuff I want to hold on to. I don't yeah. want to lose that stuff. Yes. That's where the real like genius is. So this is reminding me of this concept I, I came, I encountered called incubation activities, yeah. which brings it back to what you were talking about before with essentially, you know, my, my experience with it is actually taking a step back from the actual activity mm-hmm. that we associate with creating the result. Yes. Um, and pulling back from it and doing something else. It can be that simple of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stop working right now. I feel, you feel it's, it's, it's something you feel viscerally and emotionally. It's, it's, 
it's not something you have to intellectualize or look at your calendar or look at your clock. I mean, and yeah. like, okay, it's five o'clock. It's just something you come up to where if you keep pushing, you're going to reach diminishing returns. Yes. And that's where all of us, and I'm still rebounding from this idea of burning the candle at both ends. I'm starting to personally come more and more with the, the, the knowing, the self-knowing that yeah. I don't have to do everything and I don't have to do as much as I thought I had to do or maybe as much as I used to do. Yeah. Because there is also an evolutionary principle happening with all of us too where we're accessing, um, let's say, inherent capabilities or qualities that have been dormant mm. that allow us to... Um, you know, to access powers, yes. to access superhero-like powers within Absolutely. us, our mind, our emotion, everyone's gift is unique. But anyways, I feel like only from from the incubation activity of taking a, t- taking a step back can we actually come into, uh, let's say, come into alignment, but come into awareness of what our gifts mm. actually are. Yeah. And then having clarity about like, okay, what is going to be the best use of my time. Amen. Because yeah. otherwise my experience as an entrepreneur, I have to say has been, if I'm too in the thick of things, if I'm uh-huh. too in the trenches, it's like, it's like a fish in water. I'm like right up and right up in it. And it really only leads me towards distress. Yeah. And I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You're, you're getting me thinking it's, so there's, there's a, a concept with the yogis uh, that they called. And it's so funny because in 21st century, like 2016, it's so hard for us to even comprehend this idea, but they call them cities, which were um, superpowers. Mm. And so the yogis literally worked to, and there's some like really far reaching myths out there. I would say about like, they would talk about that they could like fly and that they could levitate and like do crazy, crazy shit. And also there's a part of me that's like, maybe it's not like, but, but one of the things that was just very common was considered very common at the time was, and again, this is 2000, 5,000 years ago. They didn't have computers. They didn't have iPhones. They didn't have TV. They didn't, I mean, hell, they didn't even have newspapers. So like there was nothing to distract them yes. from meditation. Like literally they meditated all day, every day, Ronnie, like they ate and they meditated, um, these ancient yogis to the degree that it was common to have psychic abilities, Mm -hmm. which is bananas to me. Like that, like nowadays that would, that's considered like either like ridiculously woo woo or like, or like you're considered to have such a gift for that. And what, and what the yogis would have said is that like, when you really use your, uh, mental capacities to the fullest, when you really stretch your nervous system and your mental capacity, um, you're able to do some really superhuman things. And again, like you said, to, to allow it to not have to be that masculine pushing, especially in our businesses, right? Like <laughs> Ronnie's like sitting here kind of nodding and a little bit like, Oh man, chest, so yeah, I'm having an experience right now. <laughs> and it's, and it really is. It's this idea that we don't have to force it, but that we can actually allow intuition and even like psychic knowing and clairvoyance. Those were literally considered normal things. And so what I'm really getting at is that you don't, you can do 90% less work. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So like 10% is actual effort and work and the rest is synchronicities. The re- that's I'm, I'm more and more my prerogative spiritually in life is now to be guided by synchronicity. Yeah. And that's how I make my big decisions. Yeah. You know, and it, and it can be, it's a faith walk sometimes. Yeah, totally. You know, a lot of people will talk about, oh, things are just lining up, boom, 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 boom. But what happens when they're not? Yeah. And then though, I find for me, especially right now, we're in a, a retrograde. I just came back from Egypt. Um, so I can only speak of my experience. But recently it's been a little bit of a challenge because I actually watched everything dissolve. My bank account, business, progress. I mean, I just watched it, not dissolve, but just just like I couldn't do anything about it. And it's just going down, down, down. So I actually, the only thing I could do was be with it. And I had to just, I had to go deeper into my, my faith muscle. Yeah, and, de- and, and, Love be- that. and I allowed my thought patterns and my emotions and these, these insecurities to bubble up. And I just faced it. Amazing, and I'm man. still I'm still going through that, but at least I feel a sense of, um, uh, you know, I guess you could say like people talk about oneness. I feel a sense of trust coming out the other end of it, knowing uh, that it's not just me and my little self running the show. Yeah, that I'm I'm a vehicle. I'm an inst. This body is an instrument, mm-hmm. and if I allow it to be a conduit then um, I can allow life to, to, to flow. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, to be like a clear container for life to flow through yeah. you. Yeah, it's so good. Which I feel like the body movement is, is instrumental. It's imperative. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think you're so – I'm just – I was actually going to compliment you in the same way. I feel like mm-hmm. in between the nutrition aspect yeah. and the movement aspect, so you do the nutrition to like start to clear out and move through um, mm-hmm. everything and yes. then using the movement to continue to move it through the system. I mean we even talk a lot about how just like simple twists are very detoxifying to the liver yes. to the kidneys like i mean there's just like there's so many aspects um where the nutrition and the movement really really line and they up work together people. yeah that's the thing people need to understand is these things these are these are ground this is groundwork of being a human being in a physical body <laughs> like your yeah. body is constructed out of material yeah. and fuel yeah. and then it's also a mobile kind of avatar like device like right. and nutrition actually doesn't work to the extent that it can i found unless you use it you use the body physically yeah. you're moving otherwise it's like put you're putting high octane fuel superfoods and raw foods and tonic herbs you're loading up your body with all that stuff which is creating cellular energy but if it doesn't have an outlet, yeah, there's nowhere for then it else. actually can be counterproductive. And I've mm. seen the extremes, like in the raw food world, all these years of Oof. being deep into it. I've seen the extremes of consciousness yeah. and where it goes really bad, like really ugly. Oh. People have like psychosis and um, oh, even like personality issues. They basically get too alkaline and too ungrounded because mm. they're not, they're not, they don't have. Um, a grounding ritual like in yeah. the body wor- the body work or the, the movement yeah. which is why I'm so excited about what you do yeah thanks man absolutely and that's that's totally why I do what I do is to to help people ground so uh, yeah I mean that's such a great 
uh, aspect of that. And, and I even want to take a moment to Ronnie to just speak to everyone out there. Who's mm. like, I don't have the time to, you know, or the money or whatever to like, to, to, to do this work, to do the, the nutrition side, to do the movement side of things. And I just want to speak to the fact that like, you are a freaking Ferrari, like right. you are a high performance machine and, uh, and not even machine, a high performance human being. And, and, and I just always love making the, the analogy, especially if someone who is listening is like a super giver. Like, yes. I think there's so many yes. of us who are like such loving, giving folks. And I think what's so important is that you also turn that back in on yourself. If you think about a car, you, you don't get mad at a car for needing gasoline. <laughs> like a, a car needs to refuel. Like right. and and we're made up. Like the car is in a lot of ways modeled after the human being. It's like it has all of its parts and its functions, but like after five years, like it needs to be recycled in a new way. You either need to get a new car, or you need to you know upgrade your parts, and it's just like you're constantly needing to do work on yourself. Um, Otherwise, you're not going to be a high-powered, high-functioning, high-performing vehicle, a high-performing human being. And so um, just wanting to, to sort of lay that out there for folks is like doing this work on yourself is going to make you the best possible human being, not just for yourself, but for everyone else around you. You, so. you, you so good. You, you, by investing in yourself, you create a wellspring for the overflow to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, and I think that's something that we're all kind of coming into consciousness about is that if we actually take care of ourselves, yeah. that creates a ripple effect to everyone else out around us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's this nonlinear totally um, kind of understanding of reality and how things work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, so it's, so my girlfriend and I also do relationship work and mm, we yes. call it relational intelligence. And, and one of the things that we do in that work with people, and this ties in very nicely to this is some people are like, Oh, well that's selfish. And, and, and one of the things that we love to say, because I think selfish is such a uh, old school term that we're so commonly like, you know, just be of service, like 100% be of service, keep giving, giving, giving. And one of the things that we like to say is it's not selfish, it's self-full, mm. like self-full, like to be to be full of yourself, because if you're not going to be full of yourself, who are you going to be full of? Right. That's an interesting way. That's an interesting <laughs> term, right? Yeah. Is the way we come, the way that it, that's often the connotation is, oh, he's full of himself. Right. He's, he's got an ego. Right. Right. right? So people automatically might have a, have a reaction to right. that. Right. And so I like to say like, first you need to actually, and even if you, re- I mean, heck, if you read the, the text, I think there's so much stuff flown around around ego and a lot of the what a lot of the yogis say and as well as even some of the really fantastic spiritual teachers of today is like uh if anyone's familiar with ken wilber's work Mm. and spiral dynamics he talks a lot about needing to have uh to actually have a solidified sense of ego a very strong sense of ego so that you can transcend the ego so this idea of like transcending the ego is like you need to actually have an ego to transcend so if you don't have an ego you're not going to transcend it very well because there isn't much of anything there to transcend so um so to have a very solidified sense of self of boundaries with other people and with yourself and and a self uh, a strong sense of confidence before you then can 
do the really mm. spiritual work. Mm. You know, it's like it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like you got to make sure you pay for rent, and you got to make sure that you have yes. food in your belly, and it's and and good food, like yes. good herbal tonics, and like good superfoods that very very much so fuel you, so that you can be selfless, and that you can eventually self actualize and become enlightened in this lifetime. If that's your if that's your aim, if that's your goal. Mm. So for me, like all that talk about like being of service and all of that, it's so vitally important and I need to be first of service to myself so that I can be of service to others. I love what Michael Beckwith says about making our life a living demonstration. Uh, Right? Like actually it's one thing to, you know, both of us are speakers. So it's like one thing to be speaking about a message. It's another thing to be living the message and to make your day to day Uh, life you know, yeah. one of the things I notice, and there's a, there's definitely a question I want to get in here before we 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 tune out in about uh, yeah, 15, cool. 20 minutes. Yeah. But um, oh, let me re recapture that thought for a moment here. Michael Beckwith. Um, yeah. So, people we often associate a life's mission or purpose to some gargantuous, humongous. Um, mission or moment in time where our life finally makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, and we right. finally feel good enough. Purpose. Yeah. And I found for me, my meditation, especially growing up as a martial artist, which is a similar mm-hmm. philosophical parallel to yoga, is that it's actually how you do one thing is often a reflection of how you do yes. everything. So what happens when we make our moment by moment experience very intentional and we allow our life as a whole to be a living representation of our highest values instead of waiting for that one moment in time that okay now there there it is got it yeah Yeah, but but what happened to the rest of our life um that's that's something i for me rings really deep and true But I feel like that actually, for a lot of people listening, that might also be really important just to sit yeah. with. Amen. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting, Ronnie. You're like really hitting me with one of my favorite quotes mm. of all. Actually, no, my hands down favorite quote is by a, a gentleman named Wallace D. Waddles. Yes. Have you ever heard? Okay. I, I read. Oh man, the, I, the science of being of get, rich, of getting, getting rich, rich, and, and the science, science of being, being great. great. Yeah. I read all those books many oh, years ago. I love him. I love his work, and and my favorite quote by him is: "The world needs demonstration more than it needs instruction." Wow. And I just, the world needs demonstration more than it needs instruction. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's something to be said even socially about like, there are so many how to's and there are so many tips and there are so many like ways. And even you and I doing this podcast and, and what I feel so grateful for Ronnie is that both you and I actually do like Walk, like walk the talk <laughs> and I, I just like I, I realized like all the people that I've ever like been mentored by or that I've mentored it's like it's always been a process of like how can I better live the stuff that I'm talking about yes. otherwise like it's literally um it's just all for not like it doesn't there's not an alignment there. There, there isn't like this is actually work being done in the world. It's me just sort of talking about mm. it. Um, so, mm. so yeah, I always want to be an advocate for like being the person that does wow. what I talk about. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That that hits really deep. Yeah, yeah. So, so 
I I'm, maybe we'll be able to get to both of these. We'll see. But I want, I'm curious what in your observation, maybe one or two of the most pronounced things that you see entrepreneurs and really just people in general do that sideline them from actually achieving the things that they want in their life. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I think, man, we've just been on this like neural circuit here is, is, is to, to not, to not consistently spend time by themselves to be intimate with themselves to the degree that they know what's actually going on upstairs. Like sometimes we just go from day to day to day to day and also what's going on downstairs. So in the terms of what's going on in my head and also what's going on in my body. Um, and so much of the time we're, we're so quick to numb what we're feeling in our, in our bodies and our hearts, um, with the drugs, the alcohol, this, but even the, you know, the stimulants, the, the, you know, the, the Adderall, the, you know, like the food, all of the, the, the porn, all of it. Like mm. we were so quick to, um, to just try, like I'm feeling something and I shouldn't be feeling something. So I should just do something to get rid of that thing. Um, rather than to just like actually be intimate with that stuff and really see what's going on underneath the surface. Because for me, that's living. Yes. So like the way that I love to describe it and, and the way Amanda and I describe it as well in relational intelligence is the level or the depth to which I can feel and experience pain is the level and depth to which I can experience love. Mm. Like, like it's, it's, it's just flip sides of the coin. Like, like the depth to which I'm willing to experience everything that's going on inside of me. Um, again, in pain is the level to which I can fully experience the ecstasy uh, and joy of like being in partnership with another human being or, or going on incredible trips to Egypt with Michael Beckwith that you just did. Like, it's like <laughs> that I can fully yes. be in that experience. Mm. Um, so I just, that's my biggest encouragement is like, I just think so many people don't spend enough time with themselves. So I would just encourage you today, like do some really simple movement. Like don't go to the gym for an hour and a half, three hours, like just spend 10 minutes yeah. In the corner of your room, moving your body, shaking your hips, and um, just allowing your body to just simply feel what it's experiencing and just to move some stuff. And then and then journal for five minutes and see what comes up for you. Um, and just see what's really been going on underneath the hood that you haven't been able to pay attention to. Because mm. you've been going too fast. Mm. <laughs> so so I sometimes like to say speed up to slow – or excuse me, slow down. <laughs> See, I just did it right up. there. Yeah. Slow down to speed up. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that was perfect. Yeah. That was perfect. And that actually ties into what I was going to conclude this on, which was some parting words and maybe some, some advice for everyone. But I feel like you just really – you you hit it, hit it on the nail right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really appreciate this conversation with you. I got a lot of aha moments, a lot of um, just clarity points for me, awesome. you know. And I love the neuroscience and the the uh, you know pattern and paradigm adjusting that we're able to do, and it's really powerful. I mean, it's really simple. Yeah, it's really really simple. Not necessarily easy. Because no. we have ingrained patterns. Right. And even when we become aware of these patterns, then there's more of our, you might call it lower self, yeah. that tries to hold on. Oh. And that's a whole other subject. But um, 
it's just so relevant for me personally as I'm going through this consciousness engineering yeah. that I've been, oh, I've been, and I've been going deep. I've been just like, all right, let's go full on. Let's do this yeah. now. And, uh, you know, now, and, um, what's the, the phrase, um, for once and for all, let's yeah. do it now. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's been interesting to see my resistances, um, that I didn't even know that I had. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love that. I mm-hmm. love that, Ronnie. And, and I think, too, with what you just said, if I can, I yeah, just, please. I, I want to just give everyone the challenge. I love challenges. Like for me, mm. it's fun to, to dive in as, like you said, as deep and once and for all as I possibly can for a short period, a short stint, a short agreement with myself. And some people like to call it commitment, but I'd say a short agreement of like, try something like this, do like, do tonic herbs do mm-hmm. do simple movement and journal about it for 30 days or mm-hmm. for 15 days make a commitment to yourself that no matter what you're going to show up to that because yes. because it's 15 days people like it's not like i think sometimes we talk about it's like you have to do this for the rest of your life like what if just for 15 or 30 days i full-on committed and i even let my little self come out and whine and kick yeah, and yeah. scream mm-hmm. and still just committed to that 30 day window, it will change your life uh, for, I was about forever. to say, what if 15 or 30 days could change your life? Yeah. Cause that's what we're talking about. We're yeah. talking about our life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just some small stuff, you know? Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, absolutely, mm. Ronnie. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Where can everybody find your work? Yeah. So um, thank you, Ronnie, for that. So uh, HTTP uh, colon slash slash is it, I think? Slash, Matt yeah. Cook. <laughs> Matt Cook. C-O-O-K-E dot yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually not www dot. It's just HTTP mattcook.yoga um so yeah i appreciate that ronnie i think the other thing too would be uh i'm a super personable person i love to like really connect with people one-on-one and go really really deep so find me on facebook like Mm -hmm. uh find me on facebook it's just matthew cook i live in san diego california i think i might say cardiff uh california and uh yeah reach out to me send a message i love to connect with people awesome those links will be on the show notes below awesome and there you have it. Yeah. So thank you everyone for tuning in to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show with our guest, Matthew Cook. This was an amazing conversation. One that I've been waiting for, for a while, a (laughs) while now. And I'm so happy that we got to do it. And I got a lot out of it. I know all of you out there listening, you definitely got a lot out of it because you're still listening to this. That's how I know. <laughs> That's how these things work. Right. So thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you on the next episode. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ryan. Mm-hmm. It's been an honor.